This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. You're here with Chelsea and Joe. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm not looking forward to this ice storm that I know. we're supposed to be getting. I, it probably I'm ready to go back like, to Hawaii. I'm ready yeah, to I was going to say, out. people in North Carolina tend to freak out a little more than they should. So, like, it's probably not going to be quite as bad as everyone's freaking out to make it be. We're probably just going to be snowed in for, like, a day. I just don't want to lose power. And I already can tell that where I live, I'm going yeah, to lose power. Y'all might lose power, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't how like what do you do with a two year old? I don't know. Charge everything. I mean everything's charged, any? but it's not like I can like Do you have any of those battery watch. packs? No. Okay, you need to tell your husband that he needs to get some of those battery packs. <laughs> we are like the least unprepared military family. Well, because you're from Hawaii, like you, you got acclimated to (laughs) like it being beautiful and tropical all the time. And I'm like, this is not fun. This is now you're back on the mainland where we get snow, (laughs) and on the East Coast, which the East Coast is not known for its weather. So, the East Coast, we talk about North Carolina is famous for its weather. We're one of the few states that gets all four seasons. Okay, come talk to me in the middle of fucking August. How great our weather is. Listen, I'm not saying that I like it. I'm just saying we are known <laughs> for our weather. <laughs> that's all oh, I'm saying. Oh, really? Because that's not what I've ever heard when people mention North Carolina. Yeah, everyone Barbecue. moves down south. They move to North Carolina because we get all the seasons. And winter, it's, I mean, compared, listen, for me, this is max. This is, I'm not going further north in the equator. But compared yeah. to, like, New Jersey. No, I get it. I'm being a baby. <laughs> I understand that. I, I I went to school in freaking Pennsylvania. Yeah, you did. I, That's I right. Yeah. I, I will never live above the Mason-Dixon line just because the winters fucking blow. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I don't want to lose power. Like, this is 2022. How are we losing power? <laughs> And yes, I'm very aware your, this is first world problems. Of course. Thank your local poll worker. Have you seen those memes? No. It's about the men who go up and fix the utility, the power lines, the poll Okay. Well, <laughs> can y'all get my lines under the ground so I don't have to deal with this as much? But anyways, no that's just my complaining for the day. Fingers crossed that you don't lose power and it's just a nice cozy indoor situation. Yeah, we're going to lose power. It's not likely, but I'm going to hope for you. <laughs> I know. It's anyways. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, what are you drinking over there? So I have this cute. I decided I was going to get a different like different wines. I was just going to try different ones and I was only mm-hmm. going to pick them based off of the label and if I like the label or not. That's to just try how and, like, I do it. Expand my options, right? Like, just expand mm-hmm. them. So I got this cute little one. It's called Artie. It's a Cab Sav. But can you see the picture? Oh, it's like a cor- It looks like a little koala bear. It's a cork koala bear. That's so cute. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. It's okay. It's not my favorite Cab Sav, but it does have, like, a nice full flavor. So I yeah, appreciate that. 
What about you? What you got over there? I just got my trusty old partner, white wine. No funny stories. Keeping it simple. (laughs) Well, are you ready for me to classically bring you down? Yes, girl. Let's do it. What are we talking about? Today we are talking about Hervé, Hervé Medellin. And I probably mispronounced the last name wrong. Hervé Medellin. I haven't heard of this person. Okay. Medellin. Yeah. M-E-D-E-L-L-I-N. Okay. Hervé Medellin. See what this person looks like. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. The pictures seem strangely familiar and I have no clue why. When you hear the story, you might... That might bring up like some memories. Um, so I got a lot of my information from people investigates on ID Discovery. Okay, um, that's like your new epi- go-to. I know it's really good. I love it. Um, yeah, I love it. And he's the episode. The, his episode that I watched is called Hollywood Horror Story. Wait a minute, Luca Magnata. Yes, is involved in this. Well, is this involved, the person? Who was also in Don't Fuck With Cats? Luca, yes. Hervé, no. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So on January 17th, 2012, two hikers, Lauren Kornberg and her mother, were hiking in Bronson Canyon in Hollywood, California. So Bronson Canyon, um, that's like where you see all the time like – I don't know if you ever watched The Hills or any oh, type yeah, of Hollywood yeah, yeah. show where they're like I going the hiking. I watched The Hills with you, ho- Chelsea. <laughs> I know. But whenever they would go like hiking, yeah. they always show that like canyon looking hike. That's like this very place. Po- that's, yeah, this, that's the hike. Oh, Bronson Canyon. okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a very famous, okay. very famous trail. So Lauren, who is a professional dog trainer, also had her dog Ollie with them on the hike. And Ollie managed somehow to escape from Lauren and runs off to this bush area and is digging like crazy. Now, they aren't exactly on the main trail. They had gone off a little bit. And they had done this plenty of times before, just hiking Mm -hmm. one-on-one. Don't go off the main trail unless you're like, know what you're doing. Right, yes. So as Ollie is digging, he hits a plastic bag and something falls out of the bag and it ends up rolling past them and down into a ravine. So the head. So Lauren and her mother decide (laughs) to take a closer look. And after a few minutes, they realize that what was in the plastic bag was, you guessed it, a head. Oh my God. So... They didn't have their phones with them, and they end up finding a couple and call 911. Okay. So Lauren's mother went to the beginning of the hike to wait for police and rescue teams, while Lauren waited at the ravine slash bush area. Okay. And when the cops arrived on the scene, they did confirm that it was a severed head. Ew. Okay, can you mm-hmm. imagine the visual, though? Yeah, could you imagine being like... Like looking at your mom. So, are you gonna stay behind? Or yeah, exactly, exactly, I, exactly. Like who who's doing this? Like, yeah. Uh, um, I'd be more like I'd be the one who was like, I'll stay, I'll stay. It's fine. I'll watch the dog. Don't worry about it. I'll stay. It's not a big deal. You can go. It's okay. 
I'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> Have a great time. <laughs> I would leave you so quick. <laughs> to go look at the um, head? I would, no, I don't want to see it. I know that's what I'm saying is like if it was me, I'd be like to the other person, you can go stay if that's a head. That's fine. I'll oh, wait here. Oh, no, they both went and saw if it was a head. It was like who's the one that's going to stay behind with the head while the other one oh, goes to get the no. police. Oh, no. Yes, absolutely not. Yep. Be like, I'll go get the police. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I'll go. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, like I said, the hike is very popular and it's located in the backyards of some very wealthy people, but it's a very yeah. densely yeah. wooded hike. So the crime so the crime in the area is more like petty crime, like cars being broken into and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. a massive search takes place. And in the beginning, the police searched closely around where the head was found, but it would expand out to a seven acre area. And they were searching for like the rest of the body? Mm-hmm. They were looking for okay. the rest of the body. Okay. By the second day, the police bring in a recruiting class. To do a grid search of the area, and they also bring in a cadaver dog named, wait for it, Indiana Bones. Okay, that is the single cutest name that I've ever heard <laughs> for a cadaver dog. Okay, whoever did that, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> but I also love the fact that they like brought in a recruiting class to do a grid search. Yeah, they were like, we need bodies, so I guess you're in. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want some real life experience. Here you go. This is what we got for you. <laughs> yeah, cool. And of course, they're bringing out all the stops because it's in the wealthy part of Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the police end up finding a bag and what looks like a shallow grave. And inside the grave, they find another bag where they found two feet in a hand. The following day, they find another hand, and it looked as if an animal had gotten to it and dragged it somewhere. But they could not find the torso. What? Mm Mm-hmm. So this person was clearly dismembered. Yep. So What in the hell? So the coroner does the exam and can determine that the victim had been strangled and carefully cut up into pieces and had been refrigerated before the body parts were dumped. I wonder how it they was, were able to tell that he was strangled. Because they had his head. Yeah, his neck. You're right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had his sure. neck. The only thing they don't have is, like, the torso. Yeah. Okay. And, I yeah, and, like, they just said the feet and hands. So I don't know if they had, like, the legs and arms, but. Ugh. It doesn't sound like it to me. It sounds yeah, like they just yeah. had the. The feet um, and the okay. hands and the head. Um, yeah. And then, sorry, last question. Did they know by, like, the the marks, like, how, like, was it, did this seem like somebody who kind of knew what they were doing, or did this just seem like a hack job? No. Well, yeah. We'll get to it? Get to it, but, yeah, it definitely, how, that was my next part. Oh, look it at that. It was me. evident that whoever, <laughs> whomever cut the body up had knowledge of butchering since they knew where to cut and where the joints and everything was. Okay, got it. All right. Yep. Okay. So they were able via DNA to confirm that all the body parts belong to a single male victim. So now they have the fun part of figuring out who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. And in Los Angeles County, there are 10.4 million residents as of 2019. 10.4 million? Mm-hmm. That was 2019. Holy shit. And I believe in like 2016, it was like 10 million. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking people. 
So now the body was still fresh enough that they were able to take fingerprints. And those okay, fingerprints were able to confirm that the victim was Hervé Medellin. Okay. All right. So probably that refrigerating the body probably went against them. Before they dumped the it. Body? Well, they refrigerated the body parts before so they, they dumped it. They would have had to, right? Yeah. yeah they would have yeah, had to because so they would have probably helped it. preserve the fingerprints. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I couldn't find too much about Hervé's like earlier life, but he was originally from Mexico and worked for Mexicana Airlines for over 20 years. Okay. He worked very hard in his life and he loved his job. Now, because of his job as a flight attendant, he did have a lot of female friends and they mm-hmm. had all worked together and retired around the same time, but all remained very close. And he would spend a lot of time walking his dog in the Hollywood Hills and he would travel the world. So he's kind of living up his retiree life. Aw, chills. Yeah. His dog doesn't know why his daddy didn't come home. I know. That's the worst. Did you ever see that commercial for like drinking and driving? Even before that commercial, that was why I didn't do that shit. Because I was like, who's going to explain to my dog why I didn't come home? Yeah, so for those who don't know, there's like a don't drink and drive commercial and it's a guy leaving and he says goodbye to his dog and his dog is just like waiting all night for him. And then the guy comes back in the morning and and it says something like someone's always waiting for you at home or something like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah." it's like, don't No, I think they went a step further. I think they were like, don't drink and drive because no one's going to be able to tell them why you never came home. Like, it's like, oh, I don't remember what it said. Don't fucking drink and drive if you have a pet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, don't drink and drive at all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, you don't have a pet. (laughs) Don't do anything super dangerous if you have a pet. That's what I should say. But yes, period. Don't drink and drive at all. If you do, you're a shit person. I'm just saying. So a few days before Hervé's body was found, his friend and roommate, Gabriel Campos Martinez, Filed a missing person report on January 16th, 2012. Wait, he hold on. This man was very old and he had a male roommate. If you can't figure it out now. Okay. All right. Okay. So this was, was this, a, wait, was, so I guess what I'm applying, was this a secret no, relationship? It wasn't a oh, secret. This was very, it was very public. Okay. All right. It never gets mind. more okay. into it, but yes. Um, Gabriel was his uh, boyfriend. Okay. 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 Sure. I didn't know or, if they were, like, yeah. from a different generation and trying to, like, hide mm. their relationship. But they're no, very No, I mean, open. this is okay. 2012, so, I mean, okay. it was definitely more open. Uh, and they were in yeah. Hollywood. And he lived in the Hollywood Hills. I mean, it's an accepting culture, but you know how some old people are. Like, they just don't want to no, 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 yeah. be yeah. that way. But, okay, it was open. Got it, got it, got it. I mean, I'm a, from my understanding, from what I saw, it sounded like it was open. Okay, awesome. Good for them. Okay. So... Gabriel told the police that Hervé had gone to Mexico on a business trip on December 27th, 2011. He had left his cell phone in his apartment, but he had been calling and was supposed to be back, but never returned. So LAPD, they get a search warrant for his apartment and they turn it upside down. They had cadaver dogs come in twice, but the dogs never hit on anything. They don't find anything that shows that he was dismembered in the apartment. In fact, the apartment was almost it was in almost perfect condition. Well, that sounds surprising for two gay men. Mm-hmm. So the police do take notice that he has an incredibly nice fine art collection. Hervé does. Mm-hmm. 
His one-bedroom apartment looked more like a small art gallery. He had okay. some pieces from Diego Rivera and other famous, very famous artists from Mexico. Okay. His art collection was in the six figures. Damn. Go, Harvey. So, I know. So the reason, though, that sparks the police's attention is that Harvey is retired. He, had a, he was a flight attendant and had a small pension. So the police are wondering... If someone was trying to get to his art collection or if this had anything to do with his murder, like how is he able to afford right, yeah, these yeah. art pieces? So they start to dig into his past. And a few days into the investigation, the investigators are contact con- wow, contacted by a retired, mm-hmm. narco- retired narcotics detective who had recognized Hervé's name. Okay. So in the early 80s, Hervé had been talked, had been talking to this retired narcotics. Oh my God! Why can I not say this word? Retired narcotics detective on two separate occasions. <laughs> I don't know why that yeah. was so hard for me. The reason was that the airline that Hervé had worked for had been used to smuggle drugs in the early nineties. Oh, and Hervé acted like a concierge for the cartel <gasps> members' wives and girlfriends. Oh, yeah. Oh, so well, perhaps they were gifts. I mean, not advocating for his work, but perhaps they were gifts. Like he could have gotten bonuses. Y- yeah, this so explains where these came from. I would. Yeah, I mean, I don't. They never tell us exactly how they. He got his art collection. Um, But essentially what he would do is he would get hotels for their wives and the girlfriends and set up shopping trips in Beverly Hills for them. He was able to tell them all the best restaurants to go to. He was the guy you went to if you were looking to live it up in the L.A. area. Okay. So, again, not condoning the crimes of his associates. Yeah. Hey, you got to hustle. Get a job. It's great. And I I mean, I don't know how easy it is to say no to the cartel. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? (laughs) I know. They're not exactly the most understanding group. That's not what I gathered. Yeah, that's not. uh, They're not very much like live your life. They're not very much like live your life. No. They don't usually take no well. (laughs) No. It's not in their vocabulary. Um, But it does appear, though, that later on in life, he did try to get away from the cartel. And this is where the investigators are wondering if or how much did they pay him or if they gave him art instead. Okay. They're also okay. wondering if the cartel had anything to do with his murder. Okay. So as the investigators are looking into the cartel theory, 500 miles away in Tucson, Arizona, the authorities in Arizona reaches out to LAPD to let them know they found a torso dumped on the <gasps> side of the road. And they are wondering if this could be Hervé's torso or if yeah. the crimes are related in some way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were able to rule this out because it didn't match physically. The torso in Arizona had been cut at different angles in different areas of the forearms, legs, and head. Ugh. Also, okay. DNA did not match. Okay. Okay. So, but I'm also like gonna need them to invest, tell me like who, like did yeah, they who's find that torso? To the, yeah, who the torso belongs to? Did we figure like, that out? Like, <laughs> like, can I get a little information on that one? I just need was to that know, ever I'm solved? A torso on the side of the road. Will you pursue it as long as like 
Like, what happened there? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a little bit confused about where that torso went. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so. What is, what is our, what is our podcast, Chelsea, that we're saying sentences like that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. <laughs> we do true crime. We do. There you go. Um. So detectives know that finding out if the cartel is involved is going to be very difficult because obviously you're dealing with like a different government and Mexico, Mexican government. I, I don't know. Well, and I don't also think they're just giving up a lot keeping. of information on the cartel. And then the car and that's just what they've gathered from the cartel. That's not including the private information that the cartel has themselves mm-hmm. that they're not that mm-hmm. hasn't been found out yet. Right. Yeah. And I don't think the cartel is going to come in for like questioning. Not typically. I haven't heard of that happening typically. (laughs) So at this point, they're like, okay, we need to start refocusing on those closest to Harvey and look more into his roommate, uh, Gabriel. Okay. So Gabriel had told police that Harvey had gone to Mexico when he filed the missing persons report. And detectives look at the San Diego border and they couldn't find any evidence showing Harvey entering Mexico. But they also didn't know if he had gone through different, through like a different border point. Yeah. So they yeah, bring in Gabriel. Yeah. I want to say Gabrielle, and it's not Gabrielle. Gabriel. What's his name? To get more information about Hervé's Mexico trip. So during this interview. He, it's because you know somebody named Gabrielle. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't know anybody named Gabrielle. Isn't that, isn't that one of your brother-in-law's names? No. Is that what I'm thinking of? That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Gabrielle now. Gabrielle. <laughs> They're all angels. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, yes, no. During this interview, he says again that he doesn't know much about the trip. The last time he spoke to Hervé was in early January of 2012, and that he just didn't return. He also reminds police that he was using a calling card to contact him from Mexico up until his disappearance. Wait, so uh, were they? They were together, still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, how quickly after he stopped allegedly making calls did he report him missing? Do we know? Will we get no, to that? No, they didn't say. And I did try to like research outside of this episode and I didn't find a lot of information. Okay. Okay. But he did. He still reported him missing. Okay. okay. He did report him missing. I mean, let's see. December. He reported him missing in. I know I said it. Where is it? Where you did. No, it? you did say it. Okay. Okay. On January 16th, 2012, and his remains were found January 17th, 2012. And he left to go to Mexico. Mexico. That year. In, so it would have been just a few in weeks In 2011, he, he left to go to Mexico um, on December 27th, 2011. Okay. But that's a pretty tight timeline. That's a pretty tight timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so he says, you know, remember he's using this calling card company and um, a calling card and okay, he was calling Sorry. regularly up until I was trying to figure out where yep. I was in my notes. Yep. I got a little yep. lost. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, he reminds them that, you know, Hervé had used a calling card to con- contact him from Mexico up until his disappearance. So detectives are able to confirm that there was a number of calls that did come from Mexico from a calling card company and was consistent with the dates that Gabriel gave him. Okay. During his interview, police do ask Gabriel if there was anyone in Hervé's life that he would want to hurt him. And this is when Gabriel became very nervous and upset. Hmm. Gabriel tells police that his ex-boyfriend, William, had threatened Gabriel and Harvey to the point that a restraining order was put in place. So even though the phone records does match Gabriel's story, they still do request a search warrant. Um, put a pen Gabriel's, in that. Okay, Gabriel's ex or Hervé's ex? Gabriel's ex, William. Okay. 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 All right. So they get a search warrant. Okay. So, well, they put, like, just a search warrant in for, like, more information from Gabriel and, like, phone records and stuff like that. So, just a little pin in that. Okay. So, the police are like, well, fuck, we got to figure out who this William guy is. We got to talk to this guy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, back in spring of 2010, Hervé was walking his dog in Hollywood Hills, and Hervé comes across Gabriel and his partner at the time, William Ludwig. So, Gabriel is 26 years younger than um, Hervé and is also from Mexico. Oh. So, while Gabriel was talking to Hervé and being sweet to his dog Coco, Hervé got Gabriel's number because he was looking for work and Hervé was thinking that he could be like a dog walker for Coco. Wait, hold on, hold on, pause. So, he was with William. Gabriel is with William. Who... Y'all need to Google his pictures. I'm just saying y'all need to Google that. And then while he was with William, he met Hervé. Yes, at the dog and when they, Hervé okay. was walking his dog. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, got it. And Hervé was like, you know, Gabriel's 26 younger than him, but was also from Mexico. He ended up getting um, his number because he was looking for work. And Hervé was thinking that Gabriel could be a dog walker for Coco. Okay, okay. So the relationship, though, between Gabriel and Hervé grew more intense. And William and Gabriel end up breaking up. And this is when things got pretty intense with William. Okay. Okay. Is that, it's a kind of like a love triangle. Right. No, I'm following the story. I just, this William Ludwig dude... Does not look like a man worth fighting over. I'm just saying. Well, no. William's fighting over Gabriel. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. I buy that. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So a few months now into Gabriel and Hervé's relationship, Hervé asked Gabriel to move in with him and Gabriel accepts. This pisses William off because he is still madly in love with Gabriel. So I don't know why William knows at this point because they're broken up, but he knows. I wouldn't Um, be shocked if I just the community, you know? Yeah. Like. That's true. So when Gabriel broke off his three year relationship with William, William said that he was going to ruin their lives. William actually dumped a bag of horse manure on Hervé's porch. Yuck. Tacky. That's an old man. Come on. Get your shit together, William. I know. And like horse manure? 
Like, how much time did that take? You had to pay somebody to shovel Buddy, that into a bag. Or you had drive to, like, it to drive and go find it. No, he didn't. No, I promise you this man is wealthy enough. He probably had horses and he probably told someone put some in a bag and then he had to pay somebody to drive it to their house and leave it on their porch. Like, come on, dude. Come on. I don't know. I just maybe like, he did it himself. Manure. And yeah, if he did it himself, that's even more petty. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> so but when he left the horse manure, he also left some dog treats for Coco. I would not be giving my dog those treats. No, right? Like, not in a million years. Is there arsenic in them? Like, no. I know. I'm like, well, these are definitely poisoned. So we're going to just right? throw <laughs> these away. Like- <laughs> I do not accept your treats. No, thank you. We're going to put them in the trash no, along with this you. manure. <laughs> yep. We're just going to pretend like this did not happen. Um, so William also had threatened that he was going to do something to her bay. William would also just call and call and call, and it got to the point where Hervé had to change his phone number. Oh, shit. Yeah. So William was going a little crazy. So investigators bring William in for questioning, and he tells them that he was heartbroken and Gabriel was the love of his life and admits to his actions. But he says, I have nothing to do with Hervé's disappearance and murder. Okay. So the police... Give him a polygraph, and during the test, he's, like, extremely nervous, and he does not pass. But we all know, like, a polygraph test is, like, not, like, we don't I don't know. even know yeah. why they give him. I like, know. why is that even a thing still? So, even though he didn't pass, though, his polygraph, they do find out that he has an airtight alibi. He was working at the time, and it was impossible for him to be the person that killed Hervé. You know, that doesn't mean he didn't pay somebody. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that would have come out. They ruled him out, so that's they were like, yeah. "It's cool." He's okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they didn't find any evidence of him like trying to pay anybody off or like. Again, I feel like a lot of the time that shit comes out somehow. I agree. I and agree. like, if you pay somebody to kill somebody, it's more like a gunshot, not like let me dismember you, know, strangle yeah. you, and dismember. That's a lot. And then, like, properly dismember. Like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they're hitting dead ends after dead ends. And it's been months since Hervé's been murdered. And Gabriel informs police that he's going to move to San Antonio to live with his brother. Um? Since Gabriel lived in Hervé's Hollywood apartment, he couldn't afford the rent on his own. And that's why he decided to move in with his family in Texas. Which makes sense. Several months go by and police still do not have any idea who could have done this. And they are chasing down any lead they can find. And it's just going absolutely nowhere. Finally, they get a break. An unexpected tip comes in. In June 2012, Canadian authorities reach out to the LAPD about Luca Mignotta. And every true crime person knows who this fucker is. Yeah, this is the don't fuck with cats, dude. Yep. He's, that's a whole, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, he's um, the one who fed a kitten to a snake. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I know what he did. I just don't need to hear it again. I mean, like, he also he, killed, he also killed a person, but yeah. that, and well, I don't and know. So why is that more palatable to us? <laughs> I don't 
I don't know, but it is. It is. I don't know. It's why. probably like the innocence level. I agree. I don't. It's just yeah. I I'm with you. And they can't understand. There's no like to that. To me, it's I don't know. It's like the I, innocence. I and only the know what happened. Level. I didn't watch because that was when Jeremy was alive, and when I like saw the video starting, I left the room and I was like, "Call me when it's done." <laughs> yep, I'm out. Thank you. I'm no, not thank watching you. it. Not watching it. So we're not going to go to like, I am going to do a little background. We're not going to go too far into his case, but there was some similarities between Luca's murder and what happened between the murder that Luca committed and what happened to Hervé. Um, so a torso was actually, yeah, a torso was found in a suitcase outside his apartment and other body parts were mailed to political parties as well as an elementary school. He had murdered and dismembered June Lin, who was an exchange student, as well as eat parts of him. Yeah. He yeah. had taped and broadcasted live his attack. Yeah. Yeah. And he killed him with an ice pick. Yeah. If you Which, don't, like, if you want to know the full gory details, go watch Don't Fuck With Cats. Mm-hmm. Now, Luca also lived in LA and police are wondering if he could have been the one to kill Hervé. Now the other reason they thought he might be involved was because Luca was obsessed with Hollywood and film and he had multiple blogs about himself that he would blog about pretending to be the other person about himself. Yep. And he also (sighs) blogged about Hollywood and in that blog it did contain a lot of information about Hervé's murder. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, during the time that Luca was living in Hollywood, he was a porn actor, and he was also doing escort work. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, one theory is that Hervé met Luca through his escort work and killed Hervé. Okay. 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 So... They start investigating and looking more into it, and they find a couple of differences. One of the differences for the police was Hervé's coronary report. So remember, he had been strangled, cut up very carefully, and his body parts had been refrigerated. Yeah, right? Like, someone knew mm-hmm. what they were doing. We're doing. And, like, Luca didn't really know what he was doing. Like, he was... A, no. Like, he just wanted a- to be known. That's a very valid point because they, Mm -hmm. he, when, because he did butcher a body. I mean, that's it. You'll learn that if you watch Don't Fuck With Cats, but it wasn't with precision. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't. And he would have blogged about it and probably made a video about it and sent it all over the world. And like, remember, he also mailed body parts to political parties in Canada as well as in elementary school. So like, he's trying to get caught. He's trying to be like, look at me, look at me. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. This because he this wanted guy, to be a movie star. He's a fucking wreck. Y'all need to go watch. Don't fuck with cats. He's a fucking wreck. He's a nasty, he's, shitty person. Yeah, who doesn't he's need not to rot. Cute. No, he doesn't need to rot for this murder, but he needs to rot for a lot of other things. <laughs> for the murder he committed, the murder he committed against a human, and then also the cruelty, the cruelty against to animals. animals. Like he can like, just he fuck can right just off. Go. Fuck he can right just go. off. Ain't nobody May got he time. Rot. <laughs> may he rot. We're not even All done right, with so, our person, but may so, he rot. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so it's not Luca. We know it's not this piece of yes. shit. <laughs> and the biggest problem, though, with Luca was that he was out of country between December 2011 and January of 2012. So the timeline doesn't match. So, like, the only person really that's left is Gabriel. But so, you said that you said that not that nothing hit at their house. Like they brought they brought Indiana Bones in and everything. I know. I love that name. That's Indiana so Bones. It's so perfect. It's so cute. <laughs> like I if I was at the crime scene and they were like, okay, Indiana Bones, I'd be like, wait, we he I'm can't done. start working yet. I we gotta need to pause. <laughs> like, we gotta pause before we do this. You gotta like, tell him he's not working so that I can give him a few pets. And then then he can do his job. Okay. We'll we'll go back into work. (laughs) Yes. Um, So the police do go back and look at evidence again. And they find a discrepancy in the phone records that Gabriel gave them. Of Gabriel. I don't know if they gave them or if it's part of the one that was a search warrant. But it's the phone records of Gabriel. And these are the same records that Gabriel said proved that Hervé was in Mexico. Now, there were a number of calls that came from a calling card company that were consistent with the dates that Gabriel had said Harvey was in Mexico. But (gasps) the police couldn't figure out where exactly those phone calls were made and who exactly made the calls. Did he have a conspirator? So after many search warrants, they were able to confirm that the calling card was never used. Oh, the number shit. that Gabriel said that Hervé was calling from was actually belonged to a friend of Hervé's in Mexico. And his <gasps> friend was calling Gabriel to check on the whereabouts of Hervé. OK. So a huge red flag now to the cops. Huge They're red like, flag. But well, also, I mean, it wasn't I can think of ways to have executed this plan smarter, but that's a pretty fucking smart plan. I mean, it was, but like, I wouldn't have said calling card. I would have said there's his number that he was calling from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because then they probably wouldn't check up on it. They could. Well, no, because they would have, even if it was belonging to this guy. Well, no, that would still mess up with your alibi. Either way, it was clever. It was clever. I mean, not clever enough. And I'm glad it wasn't clever enough because if if this person is the person who did it and I don't know yet and he ends up getting caught as a result of this great all murderers should be caught but that's pretty clever that was pretty clever it is and I guess I guess it does make sense to say the calling card because if they if you just say a number then the police could be like well let's fucking call it yeah 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 and then that person could be like no I haven't talked to him that's why I was calling (laughs) yeah so actually okay that was smart on his Uh, end can I ask a quick question do Mm -hmm. we know Hervé or sorry not Hervé uh so Hervé obviously he was a flight attendant but he still had uh wealth in property um did Gabriel have any sort of status or wealth to speak of no and we'll get a little bit more into that okay okay all right okay so now the police are like all right Gabriel you're very suspicious and they're immediately wondering if Gabriel could have killed him because of money. Yeah. So they start to look at Hervé's accounts to see if Gabriel had access. So the police search the financial records of Hervé and Gabriel, and they find out that in December of 2011, they opened a joint checking account after Hervé had gone missing. In December of 2011? Mm-hmm. Like right before he died? Well, you know, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So Gabriel then, 
Gabriel impersonated Harvey and transferred Harvey's social security to the joint account. <gasps> so what he did was he was able to get a joint banking, a uh, joint banking account opened and somehow with Harvey's permission, yeah. him, whether that yeah. checking account got opened before or if he had forged documents yeah, which it he could have like done. He had forged documents. Yeah. And then got the account open. So then he was able to transfer Hervé's social security to their joint account after impersonating Hervé. Holy Herve. shit. Now, even though all these red flags are popping up, this is all circumstantial. There is okay, no sure. physical evidence. Sure. So while, yeah. yes, what he did is shitty, like, it's but very does Gabriel- circumstantial. Does Gabriel have experience like as a butcher or an anatomy student or anything so like that? So it gets very frustrating and you'll find out in a second. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So March of 2014, an L.A. County worker was doing work to a popular cave in Bronson Cannon called the Bat Cave. And okay. yes, this is the cave that was used to film the TV series Batman. Okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So the worker was using a loader and was digging at the mouth of the cave and came across something wrapped in plastic. In the plastic was three (gasps) big chunks of flesh. After testing the flesh, it came back that those are the remains of Harvey. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. So he chopped up his body? He chopped up his body. Yeah. So the police turn their attention to the plastic wrap because it's actually an artist wrap. It's a type of wrap that artists use to wrap up their paint, wrap up paintings. Listen, this is how rich motherfuckers get caught by not just literally going to Walmart and getting the same damn plastic shit. I did. So, okay. So I did read and it didn't say in the episode, but I did read in like local articles, news articles that the head and the feet and the lay and the hands and everything was yeah. found in like dollar store um, oh. bags. This He just didn't think that they were going to find it. So I don't think they were. He thought that they were going to find yeah. this one. Yeah. Wait. So and the only reason that they found it was because of this guy who digging, was this LA digging County in that worker. cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's doing work. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so when the police were first searching Hervé's apartment, they were able to determine that he had used plastic sheeting in order to protect all of his artwork. And they were able to determine that his body parts had been wrapped in the same plastic sheet that had been found in his apartment. Okay. So after so this discovery... So there we go. We got police, a connection. Yep. Police have enough evidence to arrest Gabriel. So when police find Gabriel in San Antonio, they find him working in a sports arena as a chef. And this is where he actually ended up meeting his future wife. She was a co-worker. What? And he had gotten married to her and moved into her home. He was living off of her and her family. What? Wait. Hold on. So Mm -hmm. they found the torso or these chunks of human flesh, you said, in June? March of 2014. Oh, so years had gone by. Mm-hmm. And he, they went and, like, shacked up. Come on. That's, like, the pettiest thing you can do as a gay man. Like, you're like, oh, I'm just going to, like, pretend like I'm straight and live with this woman and her children. Her children. So they can be my shield against, like, what just happened. 
fuck off dude okay all right yeah. so they arrest him and gabriel never confesses to the crime and okay. it stays a circumstantial case yeah so which is complicated which is a very hard case to prove yeah so the prosecutors yeah. have to build up the case based on the phone calls the fraudulent bank accounts and the plastic wrap found at the crime scene okay so gabriel's defense team tries to put the idea that maybe hervey had died of natural causes or suicide stop and, the and then chopped his body Gabriel, up yeah is because he didn't <laughs> know what to do Oh, he's like, oh, he committed suicide, so I, I just had to dismember him and throw him around in the California hills. Yeah. Yeah. And That's so, logical. Like, well done. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I would assume, I don't know. Because I feel like, okay, natural causes doesn't make sense because they could tell the cause of death was strangulation. Yep. So that's just stupid. Two, if it was suicide, Mincy hung himself, which means that... You don't know when Gabriel found the body. So, like, wouldn't you be able to tell through blood clotting and everything of the arteries from when the body was cut up if it had been, like, how long it would have been deceased? First-hand experience about what to do with a person who has died by suicide by hanging. (laughs) You know what you do? You call 911. You call the police. Yeah, you don't, don't touch yes, the damn body. And the rest, it doesn't matter. Like, the rest doesn't matter. You just, you call the police, they come in, they do what they have to do, and they determine what the 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 outcome is. You don't immediately find this person in this state, which I did not, thankfully. I just want to be clear about that. I did not. But you do not find this person in the state and then first think, oh, I need to dismember the body and hide it because people are going to yes, think that Yes, that's another them. thing. Why like, did you he don't dismember think it? I know you don't think that. <laughs> like you refrigerated it. You preserved it. Like stop, Yeah, like stop. it just makes no sense. And stop. he never gave a reason. <laughs> Gabriel never gave a reason. Really? At all. Well, it like, had to have been the, for the judge movie. was like, Can't you give these people like something? And he was like, No. It had to have been for the money. I uh, that that's my I, guess. I at it least. sounds like he's a bit of like a moocher slash gold digger yes for sure well, because clearly he can all of a sudden become straight well no maybe he was bisexual okay so that's not fair so maybe he's bisexual but he was still using that family whether he was sexually actually interested and romantically actually interested in this woman or not he was still using that family as his shield of protection oh for sure yeah for sure so the jury does find Gabriel guilty and convicted of, and he was convicted of first degree murder on Monday, November 16th, 2015. All right, what and like I said, he never showed any sign of remorse. He was sentenced like he wasn't to 25. Did he testify? No, from what I well, saw, he didn't smart. testify. That's smart. Which like you should never testify. No, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. Don't testify. Don't talk to a cop without a lawyer and don't testify. And don't testify on your own behalf. Just sit down and be quiet. Um, so he was sentenced to 25 years to life without parole. That's fair. Yeah. Probably long, closer to life. I mean, he's not young. If you guys Google pictures, like he's middle aged. So that's. Yeah. I mean, if he, if if he, he does only get does out 20... at 25 years, he's yeah, going to be exactly. like pretty much knocking on death's door decrepit he's not gonna be able to i don't think he'll be able to hurt anybody 
I wonder, it had to have been for the money. My guess is it was for the Social Security. I bet this guy had mm-hmm. built up a really nice Social Security fund so that he could, like, retire and live it up. And then also, I bet, for the money that would come from the paintings. But he never sold any of the paintings, and he wasn't married to him, and it, there wasn't any evidence of him being able to, like, sell off his apartment. Do we know, because they opened the joint bank account, did he use any of that retirement money? They didn't say, but I'm going to go ahead and assume they did since he was charged with like, like fraudulent. Yeah, you're right. That's like part of the reason. Yeah. Was using the uh, bank accounts. So I'm assuming he used the money. That's such a bullshit reason. I feel like there's very few reasons out there to murder somebody, but I agree. Yeah. They're very limited. On top of like the bullshit, like don't like really. I know, like you raping my kid. You can make your own money. I'd murder you. Oh yeah. <laughs> or like that's a little beat hurting my kid in any way, shape, or form. I want to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She will not actually do that. <laughs> don't no. Don't Chelsea sue. can vouch. I'm all bark, no bite. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think it was 100 percent for the uh, the money wild yeah i mean you got luca in this oh my god it came in but that is the case of um hervey medallin y'all should google pictures just to get like a mental idea of what we're working with here i mean not i'm not trying to like imply anything one way or the other but it does make all of this seem unnecessary let's put it that way yes Yes. And like he wasn't like a multimillionaire. Right. Right. You know. And this guy, uh, Gabriel, like I'm sure he could have found a, a, a genuine sugar daddy. And the guy who he was dating before, what was his name? William uh, Ludwig. Uh-huh. He actually had money. Yeah. So he left the, the sugar daddy for the not sugar daddy and then murdered the not sugar daddy for what little money he had like come on dude fuck yeah off. and like and I, I mean I don't know like I'm just assuming he wasn't a multimillionaire just because of his job and his like retirement and pension and like, you know but maybe he, you know you don't they never brought up the finances but it was like he seemed like you know what like he spent his money wisely and he knew well, and maybe plan, the cartel here you go Maybe it wasn't just the paintings Maybe. they gave him. Maybe they gave him other assets to tell him thank you for taking care of the wives and daughters or whatever Girls the fuck it and was. Girlfriends, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he didn't do it for free. And I'm sure that the mob paid him well to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. They might not be known for cooperating with police, but they are known for paying well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely known for that. So, damn, yeah. it's crazy roller he, coaster. So, how did he have? And we still don't know this. How he had the expertise to know how to chop him up so properly? No, there was no like. Ew. That's the one thing though with this case is there's no physical evidence. What the? Fuck? It's all circumstantial. It is all like this is where everything is pointing to. So, like here we go. If he hadn't and fucked up with the phone with the the. The phone card that the guy was saying from Mexico, yep. I bet he would have gotten away with it. 
And I bet they he would have gotten away with it too if the L.A. County worker in 2014 hadn't found the rest. Yes, you're right. Hadn't yep. found. Yep, yep, you're right. The artist yep. rap. He probably would have. Wow. But like also, okay, I mean, you're going to like a very popular hiking trip. Why would you put it in that place? Right, there's so many other places. Go way up north. Drive way up north. Massive wilderness like, is up there. <laughs> I know. Or just go like a county over. I mean, thank God he was a dumb motherfucker. Yeah, well, but so anyways, um, Jesus and your words, may he rot. May he rot indeed. I'm sure he Um, is. So what's your weekly win? Um, my weekly win is that... I don't know. I've had some really good. This is kind of hard to say, right? Because like a tragedy happened in my brother's life and that is horrible and it sucks. And I honestly want to punch the person that made that happen to my brother. But we have had some like really good conversations and some really good talks and um. He's just 10,000 times better than me, you know, like, and I'm just so proud of him for that. And he's doing so good and handling things so well. And um, I think that's my weekly win is just that, yeah, my baby brother is amazing. (laughs) There you go. Hey, I take it. Yeah. That's a great weekly win. I'll take it. What about you, girl? What's yours? My weekly win is that it's Friday Eve like this week has been a week from hell with work <laughs> and I am just done one more like, day I'm done one more day and maybe not even if we have a power outage that's right girl then you're done 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 but let's all, finger, let's all cross our fingers and hope that we all just have a snow I mean day I don't North want Carolina. I don't want a power outage I would much rather work to be no but a snow day a power outage but a snow day Here's the thing when you work remote, there is no such thing as snow days. But hubs can take baby and they can go like sled and make snow angels and throw snowballs and you can just work in peace. I could because like, yeah, I'd want to see that for like two seconds and I'm like, cool. Bye, guys. It's cold. Bye. 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 (laughs) Just don't come into any oncoming traffic. So that is my weekly wins, Friday Eve. That's where yes, I'm at in my life. Girl. But all right. All right. Um, Come join us next week. Yes. Join us next week. And then if you guys love what we're doing. Oh, welcome to all of our new Facebook group yes. members. We're just like getting you guys right and left. And thank you guys so much for joining. So just officially on the air. Welcome. Um, and then if you have not joined any of our groups, we would love for you to come and find us on Facebook at a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group, or you can find us on Instagram, a thousand true crimes pod, where we kind of like keep you updated on when we're posting, when things are coming out, if we have anything new going on, if we have any merch giveaways, anything like that. And also just general discussion about our episodes. So come find us there. If you really want to give us some support. 
We would love for you to give us a like, a follow, a subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and whatever the buttons tell you to do. But also, very specifically, if you're on um, Apple Podcast, if you give us a rating or a review, that really goes a long way and boosting us up the charts. And so we would love for you to give us either of those. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I got for the housekeeping. Yep. All yeah. right. Well, listen, right. you guys, stay safe, get a dog, lock your doors, especially the ones to the garage. Yes, please. <laughs> please, dear and God. And and see people stay safe with this winter yeah, storm. Yeah, y'all, y'all handle this. Even though I this mean, is going to come out next next week after the storm but hopefully we're all just being overreacted people one can hope but you see this is the thing in north carolina is you never know every once in a while i know it actually is really fucking bad yeah (laughs) can i take you back to hawaii thank you welcome welcome back to the mainland (laughs) i don't like this welcome all right y'all well we'll see you guys next week All right, bye. Bye.